As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. The affordable housing business is based on what's area median income and the rent associated with that. No one should pay more than 30% of whatever they make. Best ever listeners, I'm so excited to share today's sponsor with you. It's Eastern Union Funding and Arbor Realty Trust. If you're in the multifamily space, you likely recognize these names, but have you used them? Uh, I'm guessing if you haven't, then you probably know someone who has. I can tell you personally, we have used uh, Mark Belsky. He is a point person at Eastern Union Funding as a partner with us, and he has helped us secure debt uh, for actually a deal we closed on this month. And we've worked with him. Um, In addition, my clients, my program, my consulting program have worked with them to successfully close on deals. When we were starting out, Ashcroft was starting out, we had somewhat of a track record, but we weren't fully as established with our investor network. I went to him and we secured some equity, $500,000 in equity to fund one of our deals. While he works with more institutional partners, He's brought $200 million in equity over the last 12 months. He was able to help us out there, and we've built a relationship with him and Eastern Union Funding ever since. So if you need equity for your deal and you have a track record, then he's your point person. His number is 212-897-9875. If you need debt, then he partners up with Arbor on a lot of transactions. So if you're a multifamily borrower who wants agency or bridge debt, then that's the team to work with. Uh, We have worked with their team, both Eastern Union and Arbor, on deals. And people who have purchased our deals, purchased deals from us, have used Arbor, as well as my clients in my consulting program, they've used it. So this is a recommendation that comes from firsthand experience. And the last thing I'll say about uh, working with Mark Belsky at Eastern Union is that if you need a loan guarantor, but don't have that track record quite yet, then Mark can look at what you've, the deal you've got And assuming it checks out, he can make introductions to people he knows as potential loan guarantors for your deal. So debt, equity, and potentially loan guarantors. 
uh, all you need. Well, you need to find a deal, obviously. Um, but besides that, you know, the other main components of the deal they can help you out with. So talk to Mark Belsky. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. His phone number, 212-897-9875. Best ever listeners, how you doing? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff with us today. Eddie, Lauren, how you doing, Eddie? Great. Thanks. And you? I'm doing great as well. And nice to have you back on the show. And best ever listeners, you can listen to Eddie's best ever advice. Episode 1211. It is called Good Deals Are Made, Not Found. And a little bit about Eddie's background. He, for the past 30 years, has purchased and transformed over $3 billion worth of multifamily real estate He's made it his life's mission to fix the housing affordability crisis in America based in Los Angeles. Website is impacthousing.com. And today, because it is the weekend, we got a special segment called Situation Saturday, and it is the current housing crisis facing the U.S. working class and steps that we can take to capitalize on it or just be more aware of it. So with that being said, Eddie, will you give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background just as a refresher, and then we'll get right into the housing crisis? Sure. I'm a NOAA guy. What's NOAA? Naturally occurring affordable housing. You can build for 500 a door in urban areas, or you can buy at 150 to 200 a door or even less and deem it affordable. That's what I'm trying to champion. Let all the new product go to the people that can afford it, and let the existing product that's older and basically less expensive, go to the working class. And that's what it's about. The problem is that a lot of people are still stuck and staying in these rent-controlled apartments and they don't belong there, as well as they're just staying put and we need to push them up and we need to push in the people that have one foot on a banana peel. So I'm a crusader for the fellas that are just hardworking, decent human beings trying to make ends meet. And how does that come to fruition with what you do? Well, here's a prime example. I did the first NOAA deal in the city of Los Angeles. I'm very proud. We just closed it yesterday. We took 50 units in Koreatown and through government-sponsored opportunities, i.e. property tax abatement, we're able to cap the rents based on the area median income of what people make. The affordable housing business is based on what's area median income, and the rent associated with that. No one should pay more than 30% of whatever they make. So as a result, the rents are capped at a certain level. And again, the quid pro quo is to have a property tax abatement, and you need to write capital to invest. The returns are still very solid, but it's a longer-term play and less cash flow because, of course, if you're going to cap the rents and make things affordable... It's more like a 4 or 5% return than the normal 8 to 10% returns that we get from market rate investments, cash and cash, day one. You mentioned a longer term play too. What's the... This is, yeah, 15 years is what we're going to be looking at here on this first property. It's a 1920s building. It's studios and ones. It's ideal and it's going to, for transitional housing and some of the homeless people that are on vouchers, that's what it's earmarked for. So every vacancy will be earmarked for these people that are through a nonprofit, which is called People Concern, and they basically provide 
counseling services and social work and check up on all their meds and retraining workforce. They do everything. They package it up. And every time we have a vacancy, they'll come in. And these are people that are going to stay for a long period of time because they're trying to make their transition back into the workplace. They really can't afford the rent anymore. In Los Angeles alone, it's estimated by the USC Saul Price School, which I'm very involved with, 50% of the homeless are not homeless because they're talking to themselves and they're crazy or whatever you want to say, mentally ill. They actually just can't afford rent anymore. So people think the homeless are all pathetic and some of them are, and it's sad, but we don't deal with those people. We want to deal with the people who can function and still have a job, but their job's not enough to pay the rent. And you can be paying 50% of your income on rent. Let's say you make 40000 and you could be paying 20000 a year in rent. And then if you add in your transportation costs, you're actually paying 70%. So you got to make sure that people can live where they work or somewhere close and you know, public transportation, concepts like transit-oriented development, TODs. These are some of the concepts. Why 15 years? That's the California prepayment penalty on this particular program. But we need to come up with more creative programs, not just the government to be able to finance this stuff. We need private foundations and individuals and wealthy people to step in where the government really can't. This is just a pilot program. There's only so much dough set aside for this, what we can do. It really needs to expand to a multifaceted level of different colleagues and constituents and stakeholders. It's a very complicated issue. We need to build our way out of the problem. We need to buy and deem product affordable. And we need to bring in many, many levels of tranches of different financing and equity to make these things happen. From an investor standpoint, you mentioned 4 to 5% in general in like a 15-year project. What's the exit plan at the end of 15 years? Well, you're riding up area median income. It's a different mentality, different model. It's a longer term play, but area median income does go up over time and rents will go up in conjunction with area median income rather than market forces. So look, in New York, stuff trades for six, 700,000 a door. That's old product. Here in Los Angeles, we're still at 200 a door for old product. I think there's a lot of room for opportunities of appreciation and there's rent control in New York. So it's a trade-off, but there's still plenty of headroom to make money long-term in urban real estate because it's supply and demand. Look, we have a huge housing shortage. LA alone, 500,000 units short. Across the country, 4 million units short. You can't lose, potentially. The SEC will get mad at me for saying that. <laughs> I mean, how could you lose money if you're investing in housing, not A-class, not three, $4,000 rents, but $1,000, $1,500 rents. It's hard to imagine how you can get hurt. That's all I'm saying. As a listener who's listening to this somewhere else other than Los Angeles, and they're a multifamily investor or aspiring multifamily investor or just any type of real estate investor, what action can be taken on their behalf? Well, it's got to be a public-private partnership. If you want to do it yourself, you got to go to the local jurisdiction, say, hey, look, I want to supply affordable housing. They're going to say, I love you. What do you step up, please? But you're going to say, look, how can we help? I need a property tax abatement. I need 
some low interest financing. I need some supplemental vouchers because if all I'm going to get is $800 from the Section 8 voucher, I need $1,000 rents to make this deal work. Where do I get the $200 a month? Oh, well, this local foundation is in touch. They want to help to solve the problem. Look, it's not easy. I'm a crusader. I'm pushing a rock up a hill trying to get these people to step in. And it's very slow and it's very hard. So if you're not patient and you're not passionate about solving this problem, I wouldn't bother. It is a difficult situation. It is gut-wrenching. But it's rewarding when you can finally get something done. It took me two years to get one building done in the city of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. But more people have to fight the fight. And it's not easy. Or you can invest with a guy like me. And that's the difference. Like in Maryland, we're buying a deal. And actually, the county had the right to purchase it. And in order to keep them from purchasing it, we put on restrictions. And I'm asking them, and I'm hoping they come back with low interest financing as a quid pro quo, because they're not going to give a property tax abatement. There's got to be some offset for putting on rent restrictions. If you want to do that, now, my theory is that Amazon's going to the beltway, but that's a different story. But I think investing there is an amazing opportunity and there's such a need for affordable housing there. And if you bring 50,000 units to wherever Amazon ends up, again, I think they're going to end up there. You're going to have Massive, I agree, massive. by the way. I think it's Rent going to D.C. too. Yeah, he owns the Post. Yep. He's a $23 million house, Bezos has. And the third thing is he's got a sales tax issue politically, and wink, wink, Washington, I'll bring all these jobs here, and we won't have to charge sales tax. Again, my theory. I don't know. Yeah, my theory too. Who the heck knows? Speculation, but I agree. I didn't initially, but then once they announced the second round or the finalists, that's what I thought too. Well, affordable housing, there are three things you can do to help make the numbers pencil out. One of the three things or multiple of the three things you have to do to make the numbers pencil out most likely. One, you said property tax abatement. Two, low interest financing. And three, supplemental vouchers. Where would you go for <laughs> each of those three? <laughs> property tax abatement is purely government pushing a rock uphill and telling them you want affordable housing, it's a hell of a lot cheaper to just give up property tax a year rather than fund all these new developments, which are so expensive. It's cheaper to do it this way and it's faster. And it avoids the NIMBY problem, right? If you buy existing product, there's no neighbor who can complain, I don't want the homeless here or I don't want low-income housing here. It already exists. They can't stop you. So this is the crusade with the government agencies and it's tedious and time-consuming and it will be something that's a love of your life for years. But again, we all have to fight the fight and I'm trying to lead the fight. So that's the government on the property tax. But specifically when you say the government, so specifically where do you the go county, for it? Whoever okay. pays, whoever you pay your property taxes to, the county assessor, yep. you need to start there and then you need to see what politically needs to happen in order to get this approved for a property tax abatement. I don't know. Every county's different. I don't What are some examples for what you've come across, what needs to be done? I'm doing this program through CalHFA, which is a financing agency in California, and they're associated with what's called a LORA, Land Use Restriction Agreement. And in the state of California, it's statutory that you can avoid property taxes if you keep your rents at a certain level based on area median income. So that's one example. 
you have to dig and dig and dig and fight and put up with a lot of rejection. It's not easy. I'm sorry to be so blunt. You, you've made that clear. We got that. <laughs> okay, so property tax abatement, that's how we follow the process. Now the next one is low interest financing. Well, that can come from the government agencies. Again, you network around, I think, local foundations and wealthy people who are interested in helping the world and helping to solve the problem. There's certain bucket called program-related investment. Let's say you're a billion-dollar foundation. The IRS says you must give away 5% of your money or $50 million a year. Give away, or you can do a low-interest loan called a program-related investment. It stays evergreen on your balance sheet rather than being gone in the form of a grant. As long as it's not a market-rate investment, it's below market. So you can loan money at 2 3%, which is if you're buying a four-cap, you got to have equity that's cheaper than a four-cap if you're financing in the fours, right? So that's what you need is that low interest financing from wealthy people or a foundation or a government agency or whoever is going to do it. And that's it. And then the third is also government and foundations to do a supplemental voucher. Now, it's illegal as it stands now to put any supplemental vouchers behind a Section 8 voucher. That needs to change. I don't know how to change it, but it must change. And there must be some way for people to be able to supplement their rent if they're getting a voucher. So let's say the rent's $1,000. Someone is making minimum wage. The most they're supposed to pay is 30%. So the most they should pay in rent is $550. They're going to get $450 in a voucher from the government to the $1,000, right? Yep. Well, what if you need $1,200 to make the deal pencil because it's a competitive environment and the pricing is too high to make $1,000 rents work? You need to underwrite another 200 bucks. You got to find it somewhere and it's got to be lawful. And I'm trying to figure it out. But you asked me a solution. I didn't say it was possible. It needs to be possible. It needs to happen. And I will make it happen or someone will. What's the easiest part of the process? Finding a deal that's cheap enough to work or finding the benevolent capital who's willing to take a lower return short term for a long term appreciation, who believes in a market and believes in the demand for affordable housing. Look, it's all about your cost of capital in any real estate investment. And you have to be able to make money in the process. It's a lot of work. You can hear it in my voice. I need to make money too, <laughs> right? I got a staff. It's, it's a lot of work. And to find the right investor is the key. Someone who really says, you know what, I love what you're doing. I don't need to bust your balls and make a 20 IRR. <laughs> I'm happy with less. And let's change the world together, one apartment at a time. That's what is needed the most. It's capital. What does IRR pencil at to the limited partner after 15 years, averaging 4 to 5%? Well, including sale, you're probably, yeah. low, you know, it's probably 11, 12. Okay. Which is fine, but then they say, oh, it's affordable housing. Ooh, it's old product. Ooh, it's this. Ooh, it's that. I like shiny product. One excuse is as good as the next is the issue. Mm -hmm. But people need to be willing to roll up their sleeves and believe in the long term and look at other urban areas, how prices have jumped. And you got to hold your nose and say, oh, my God, 200 a door for this. Soon it'll be 400 a door in 15 years. Just based on buy buildings, buy real estate. They're not making any more of it. Basic. Anything else as it relates to 
affordable housing, and you actually talk through how to act on it, which is great for the best ever listeners who are looking to do this, the three things, which I'll summarize in a little bit. But anything else as it relates to this topic that we haven't talked about that you think we should? Look, the government needs to be more involved in solving the problem. This administration, unfortunately, is not doing enough. I'm not going to get political. I'm just going to tell you that instead of cutting the budget at HUD, we need to increase the budget at HUD. It's nothing any of us can do other than vote in the people who do believe in this. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing and get in touch with you? It's impacthousing.com. You can find me there, email me through there. It's really a complex issue, but it's pretty simple if everybody would get on the same page and not be afraid. So anybody who wants to be part of the solution, anybody who has capital that they feel they want to invest for a special purpose, please let me know. Three ways that you can approach having affordable housing make sense when you're running your numbers. One is property tax abatement. You talked about that. Two is low interest financing. And three is supplemental vouchers. And you went into detail each of those three, as well as just talking about the overall approach and why it's needed and the 50 units that you did in Koreatown. Congratulations on that. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Hope you have a best ever day, and we'll talk to you soon. You too. Do you need debt for your deal, equity for your deal, or maybe a loan guarantor to help you get qualified for the financing? Talk to Mark Belsky. His number is 212-897-9875. That's 212-897-9875. His email is mbelsky at easterneq.com. If you're syndicating deals, I recommend you check out the annual Raising Money Summit in Denver. The two-day event on November 17th and 18th is going to sell out, but you can get your ticket today and you'll save $100. Go to realbluespruce.com forward slash best ever.